0: The Epistle of Second Peter, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lust, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation, for this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to support the mission of truth, and it's also where you go to find the archives I want to thank all of you who do support this work. It's tough to be a Christian content creator in a world of censorship. And uh, so we, your support and your prayers, uh, they make all the difference. So thank you for that. I was originally going to do the tour portion this morning. Um, but I just feel like we should talk about something else today. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have a sense of heaviness that I haven't really felt in several years. Maybe not since like 2019. Um, I think something is afoot. I think nefarious plans are in the works. I think the powers to be want to recreate 2020 on a much worse scale. We are living in some very strange times. And because there's still some comforts at hand, the average person, and sadly, the average Christian, are asleep. No, just, just either they don't care or they don't want to think about it or insert whatever reason, or they're just like the epistle of Peter here says, they're just completely ignorant of the fact. And notice that Peter uses the phrase, willingly are ignorant. Willingly are ignorant. It's on purpose. <laughs> yeah, dumb on purpose, right? Oh, I don't really know what to say this morning other than... If there's ever been a time to really draw near to God, it's now. I'm going to read 2 Peter chapter 3, and then I just want to read a story to you out of my book that I wrote uh, like three years ago, entitled Faith, Obedience, and the End of Time. And it's the introduction story It's very short, so it won't take up much of your time. But it kind of lends to what I'm articulating here very poorly. Which really is just that the world is on fire, but everyone's asleep. Everyone says, ah, well, people have always thought that this was the time, right? Or... Just like what Peter says. Where is the promise? Because things continue to go on as they always have. Where is this coming? You say he's coming back? Where is it? Let's read that real quick. Second Peter, chapter 3. Open up your hearts. I know we've covered this chapter a dozen times on this podcast. But let's cover it one more. Open up your hearts and let's see what the word of God might have to say to you this morning. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by the way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the worlds which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first that there shall come in the last days scoffers, Walking after their own lust. So please note, the first thing he does is he says, Beloved, I need to, to make my point, I need to stir up your memory. Because you seem to have forgotten what God did in the time of old when wickedness increased on the earth. So he says, know this. That there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, "Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation." So he's so he's saying there's going to be scoffers, and the reason they scoff and they make these come and they blow you off and they go, ah, you know, people have always thought that, or. Uh, You know what? I've been hearing that Jesus is coming back forever. And my grandfather believed it. And my grandfather's grandfather believed it. And my grandfather's grandfather's grandfathers believed it. And things have continued to go on as they always have. It says the reason they scoff is that they're walking after their own lust. Continuing on. So they'll say, where is this coming? Since, since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this, they are willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth was standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. He's saying they're willingly or willfully ignorant of what took, pa- what took place in the past, that being the flood. They're just pretending like that didn't happen. And I would argue, not only are they, are they willingly, willfully ignorant of that, they're most people, and I would say 90% of Christians, sadly, 90% of pastors, sadly, are ignorant of what the condition of the world actually was. They're ignorant about the giants. They try to come up with silly little, uh, explanations for what Genesis 6 is talking about. And they'll say it was the sons of Seth instead of just reading it for what it says, which is that the sons of God, the angels came down and intermingled with women and produced giants and the world was sent into complete and utter chaos and wickedness. And God's response to that wickedness was to start over with Noah and destroy the entire earth, everything in it, save Noah and his family. Save eight people. And of course, enough animals to repopulate. Because And because they think in their mind, well, God would never do that. God would never do that kind of judgment. Here's what Peter says. But... The heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and the perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing. That one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Now, I personally do not buy... He's just using... First of all, he's quoting Old Testament. This does not mean we should start calculating and doing math like this. The point being made here is that time in God's eyes is different. So while it seems like God is delaying to us, to him, it's not. This doesn't mean we should start calculating everything and using this as some kind of standard to measure time and try to understand the mysteries of prophecy. He, the context here, he explains verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Peter saying, the promises are coming. He's not delayed. His his vantage point of time is different than ours. You know, to him, a a day is like a thousand years. He's making the point that God is eternal and he doesn't have the same perspective and view of time that we do. And the most important thing that Peter is saying here is that the reason that God continues to let things continue to spiral and they just get more wicked and more wicked and more wicked. And you're more like, where's the judgment? Where, where's the return? What's going on? The reason is because God is long-suffering, wanting, it says. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He, he's giving time and space for everyone to have the opportunity to know him. That's what Peter's saying. It may not fit into your favorite pet doctrine, but that's what he says. Not willing. The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But that day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. That's an important thing to understand. All your charts and your timelines and this has to happen here and this has to happen there and your favorite end times commentary and your favorite end times teacher, I'm telling you, they're all going to be wrong. Jesus is going to come back. It's going to be unexpected. It's not going to fit into the timelines and the way you think things should play out. It's going to come like a thief in the night. It's going to be a shock to everyone. That's what the scriptures teach. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Sing then that all these things shall be dissolved. This is this is such a beautiful verse here. Get this one in your heart. Sing then. That all these things are going to be... He's saying, Seeing, therefore, as a result of, because of, the fact that the earth is going to be destroyed. Seeing then that all these things are going to be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in in all holy conversation and godliness? He's saying... The world and its trinkets are gonna—they're—they're they're, they're going by the wayside. So, in light of that fact, look at the world we're living in. Do you think this is going to continue forever? Do you think the economy, the global economy, how much longer do you think that thing's gonna hold up? I'm telling you, it's by a thread right now. Knowing all this, what kind of person? Peter says, should you be with your holy conversation, godliness, verse 12, looking for and hastening unto the coming day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt away with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth where in Dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Oh, it, looks, it sounds like Peter's talking about behavior. Actions matter, right? Actions matter because my actions demonstrate what I truly believe. I've been preaching that phrase for 10 years. James says it like this. I'll show you what I believe by what I do. Last verse. No, actually, we got three verses left. Verse 15. And I count that the longsuffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. I'm I'm just going to stop there because that goes to a different topic. Seems how what's going to happen with the world. Seems how what you're seeing right now. What's your life look like before God? Your actions do matter. There is going to be accountability. You are going to have to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and give an account for your life. I understand the temptation to want to bury your head in the sand. Trust me. The temptation, we all face it. We just want to look the other way, distract ourselves with sports and trinkets and entertainment, because it's its hard to face the reality of of how the world has developed over the last many years. Let me read you this story from 2017 out of my book faith obedience and the end of time by the way this book here if you haven't read it is just stuffed full of, of truth and it's a very short read it's got seven chapters dealing with faith and obedience and each chapter is accompanied by two devotionals to lend further to those topics if you haven't checked it out consider doing so you'll be blessed But in the introduction of the book, that's what I want to read to you. Here's what it says. In December of 2017, while I was on my way to work on a cold winter morning, I was listening to the radio, which I rarely do. An old man called into the station and warned about judgment coming to America. He rattled off several verses, and the last thing he said before the radio host cut him off was a quote from the verse from the book of Daniel, chapter five, verse 27, which says, Thou art weighed in the balance and are found wanting. Ironically, it wasn't a secular radio station which cut him off and discounted his warnings. It was a Christian radio station. This is a perfect example of where much of the church is spiritually in America. They are ignorant of the times. They seek the wisdom in the ways of the world over the ways of God. They are lukewarm and heading full speed towards judgment. Like the old man calling into the Christian radio station, I have been warning of judgment coming to not only America, but the American church since 2012. Now, fast forward to 2021. That's when I wrote this book. So we'll just say fast forward to 2023. Think, I want you to think about this, if you can remember. The difference in society just from 2017 to 2023, where we are right now. Now, fast forward to 2023, and it is absolutely shocking to see where the world and where America has gone in only seven to eight years. I say seven to eight years because I'm thinking back even further when I was writing this. We have ignored the warnings and the pleas from heaven, have spit on the cross and trampled the blood of Christ, all while claiming to be his bride. I don't know how much longer we have before complete destruction of America and the American Church happens. However, make no mistake, the censorship and the persecution of Christians in America has already begun. Even though the enemy is screaming from the rooftop, I'm going to devour you. Even though God cries out through his remnant, Return to me now or be destroyed. The church hears it not. They have become the exact description of the lukewarm church in the book of Revelation, which Jesus promises to spew out of his mouth. Revelation chapter 3 verses 16 through 18 say this. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest, I am rich, I am increased with goods, and I have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame and thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eye salve, salve, that thou mayest see." Now more than ever, it's important for those of us who who are of the remnant to seek God like never before, seek righteousness like never before, preach the truth like never before, and number our days like never before. The year 2020 was an enormous challenge for us all. While we may hope for better days ahead, We have no idea what is in store for us. This is why we are commanded by Jesus not to worry about tomorrow. Today has enough trouble of its own. Truer words have never been said. And with that in mind, I am forced to meditate on what we are told in Psalm 90, which is to number our days. Psalm 90 verse 12 says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Maybe it's just part of the human condition, but many of us, including myself, we go about our lives as if tomorrow is for certain, as if we're going to live in this world forever, as if judgment is never coming. However, this is not reality, and this thinking lacks wisdom and a sense of urgency. We have a brief life to live. On a scale of eternity, our lives are but a grain of sand on an endless beach. Consider Psalm 90 verses 9 and 10. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten, and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years. Yet is there strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Our lives are but a vapor. And if this is true, then what is our response? Should we live our lives in such a way to squeeze out every little experience and embrace every bit of pleasure? Let it not be. Instead, let us live our lives with a desperation for the kingdom of God. Let us pursue God and His goodness and His will with all of our beings. While our lives here in this wicked world may be short and filled with labor and sorrows, our future is in eternity with the creator of all things, whose right hand is full of joy and pleasures evermore. Psalm 1611 says this, or actually that was Psalm 1611. And then to end this little chapter, I have just a short little devotional. It's one paragraph. May we allow God to teach us to number our days and may we be not ignorant of our current condition and blind to the times we are currently living in likewise may we look forward to our heavenly reward with great anticipation and excitement forsaking the trinkets and the pleasures of this wicked world and finally may our brief lives create giant waves for the kingdom of God which impact the state of the world forever I'll end with Second Corinthians or First Corinthians chapter two verse nine. But it is written I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of men the things which God hath prepared for them, for him, for them that love him. I pray you've been blessed this morning. Thank you for praying for me and my family. Thank you to the Patreon subscribers and the Paypalers and those of you who send mail. Thank you for helping me continue to do this for as long as I have. Lord willing, I'll continue. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.